singing super loud today. That was awesome hearing you. Isn't it great to be back worshiping with one another? Maybe this is your first time back. Maybe you've been with us the, these last three weeks we've been open. Uh, but it's just so good to see you. We obviously are bringing live teaching back to this week, and we're going to continue that on. And um, this morning, I just got to share with you, I had the opportunity to um, be a guest speaker at a church in London in the UK. Now, they're all still on lockdown. Their churches aren't uh, meeting yet. So through the internet, I was able to just live teach. So at 6 a.m., I was right next door here uh, teaching to this church in the UK, which is a church of many nations. And because of the COVID, a lot of people are at their actual homes. So there were people from South Africa. There were people from Taiwan. They were obviously from the UK. Then I was uh, from America. But what struck me was the words in Acts 2 where it says the disciples were supposed to go to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we got to experience that this morning. And then I get to come in here today and we get to worship with people from all over Ohio at this point. And so it's so great to worship with you. It's so cool, the kingdom of God, being able to come together and to worship our God together, isn't it? It's pretty amazing. Well, anyways, uh, we're going to kick a, this message off with a quote by Tim Keller. Maybe you know who he is. We quote him often because he has a lot of wisdom. But he says, Christianity does not so much offer solutions to the problem of suffering, but rather provides the promise of a God who is completely present with us in his suffering. Now, let's just let this sink in real quick, because we are American, and we love solutions. How often have you Googled how to fill in the blank, right? I do it often. Anytime something on my home breaks, how do I fix this, right? I want a solution right in the moment. We're prone to this idea of having solutions, and so when it comes to our spiritual lives, we want the same thing. God, give us a solution, and yet... What God promises isn't always a solution. Sometimes he does. But he does always promise to be present in the midst of our suffering. And that's something that we often forget. Now, Tim Keller wrote this in one of his books years ago, but just a few weeks ago, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so now Tim himself, not only did he write those words, but he also has to listen to them, doesn't he? Because now all of a sudden he's in a situation where he is going through suffering, he's going through pain, and he gets to understand and cling on to this idea that God's promise is that he will be present with him in the midst of this situation. You see, a lot of times when we go through situations that invoke pain or that have uh, worry, anxiety, anything like that, a lot of times, usually what will follow is fear. I don't know about you, but if you've been through a medical situation, maybe you were fearful of what's to come. Maybe you are fearful in this situation, this coronavirus situation, which I don't blame you for being fearful because we're not in control. We don't know what's going to happen. Or maybe you're worried about everyday things and, and things like finances build up fear in your life. Things like your future or your kids, you worry about your kids and their future or your job, your relationships. At the end of the day, we can all agree that all of us go through pain, 
We go through worry, or yet we are fearful about something at some point in our lives. And so that's why we're going to talk about for the next five weeks these beautiful words that we find in Scripture, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So, so today we're going to kick it off by looking at Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. So if you have a Bible, please go to Isaiah 41, verse 10. And here's a fun fact. Isaiah is like right in the middle. So if you just open your Bible to the middle, you should be close, all right? Um, but if not, we'll obviously have them on the screens today. But we're going to look at this one verse, Isaiah 41, verse 10. And as you're going there, we need to know that God has chosen Isaiah to address, address Jewish captives in Babylonia in the 6th century B.C. These captives are weary, they're discouraged, they're desperate, which means they're also probably fearful. Like they're in a situation where fear is probably gripping them and their hearts. And so in the midst of this fear and worry and desperate time, God gives Israel a promise. And this promise that God gives to Israel in Isaiah 41.10 is the same promise that he gives us today as well. That's why we're looking at it this morning. And so let's read Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. God says, I will strengthen you and help you I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So let's just let this promise sink in just a little bit. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. In the midst of a dark, fearful, desperate pit, God says these amazing words. To Israel. He begins it by saying these first words. He says, don't be afraid. And he goes on to say, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Now, what's amazing is that phrase, don't be afraid, can be found in various forms 365 times in Scripture. All right? It's almost as if God understands how prone we are to fear, to worry, to anxiety, that in the midst of his word, he gives us a daily reminder of this idea that we do not have to be afraid. It's almost as, as if he knows that our thoughts usually lead us down a path of fear and worry. In fact, Jenny Allen, who wrote the book, Get Out of Your Head, found that 70% of our thoughts in general, every single day, 70% are negative. And that 85% are thoughts that are repetitive every single day. And so think about that. 70% of what we think about on a daily basis is negative. And think about what we're going through as a, as a country. There's a lot of negative things happening, right? So I bet you that percentage is a little higher at this time. And so all we know is that negative thoughts usually lead to worry, discouragement, and ultimately lead us to live lives in fear. Listen, God knows that we are prone 
to fear. God knows that we are prone to discouragement. He knows that we go through desperate situations of suffering and darkness, but instead of shaming us, he makes us a promise. He gives us that promise found in Isaiah 41.10. And if we had to sum up the entire promise, which you might as well just memorize the whole verse, but if you need something shorter, I think it would be this. God, this is God's promise to us from Isaiah 41.10. God promises his presence in our pain. God promises his presence in our pain. You see, we do not have to be afraid because God promises that when we are in pain or when we are overcome with fear, he gives us reasons why we don't have to be afraid. The first reason he gives us is he says this. He says, for I am with you, for I am your God. For I am with you, for I am your God. That's one reason why we don't have to be afraid because our God is with us. Now, I don't know if you were a kid before. If you were, uh, maybe you were like me, where when I was little, I would be fearful. I would have nightmares. I was also the baby of the family, so I was a huge mama's boy. And so when I would get scared at night, I would get out of my bed and I would run to where I felt safe. And that was in my parents' bed. And now that I'm a parent, my kids are doing the same exact thing, right? So my seven-year-old, my seven-year-old is just getting in. She's a pretty fearful person. I mean, you name it, she's scared of it. And so she has been recently, over the last few weeks, She's been leaving her bed in the middle of the night. I don't know if she's sleeping or awake at this time. I don't know because I don't even know what's going on at that time. And so she comes to my bed, and I'm, she's freaking out, and I wake up, and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm scared. And so as her father, I get to come around her and say, hey, don't be scared. I'm here. And so I get to lead her back to her bed because I don't want her sleeping with me. So I get to lead her back to her bed. She sleeps on a top bunk, and so she climbs up in the top bunk. And before I can leave, she has to fall back asleep. And so she looks at me dead in the eyes and says, don't leave. And I get to say back to her, don't worry, honey, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. And so, of course, then I'm standing there like this, falling asleep on the bunk bed, you know, and waiting for her to fall back asleep. But you know what happens is that my presence gives her the ability to rest. My presence gives her the ability to calm down, to not be fearful. And that's exactly what God is saying to us in Isaiah 41.10. He says, listen, do not be afraid. He says, for I am with you. We can rest in the peace knowing that God is with us. And so think about those dark moments, those fears, your pain that you've been going through, or maybe you're in right now. Think about that. And remember that God is with you. And not only that, he's also your God. He's your God. Not, not he's a God. See how it doesn't say, for I am a God? He says, I'm your God. God, that's no more intimate than that. That God knows you, he knows your situation, he knows your, where you're at, he's your God. We do not have to be afraid. 
Now, I can say this time and time again to my daughter. I can say, hey, listen, you don't have to be scared at night. You don't even come into our room. You're fine. As many times as I say to my daughter, you're fine, guess what? She comes right back into my room. So I have to continue to remind her. It's almost as if God has to do that to us too, right? When we go through some pretty hard times and we become fearful again every day, God has to remind us, do not be afraid. And so sometimes it's hard to embrace that promise that he is with us. And so his promise actually goes a little bit deeper for us. So not only is he with us, we don't have to be afraid because he's with us, but also we understand that he strengthens us. He strengthens us. This is a really important thing to understand. Not only is God with us, but he's going to strengthen us to get through. I don't know if you know who Joni Erickson Tata is, but if you don't, Google her. She was a healthy, active teenager. And then at the age of 17, she had a diving accident and she was paralyzed. She begged and begged God to heal her, but he never did. And at first, she was beyond discouragement. She battled depression, suicidal thoughts, even doubted God's existence. But after years of wrestling with God, she can somehow say, God's paralysis is his greatest mercy. In the midst of her paralysis, instead of just kind of bowing out of life, she became an accomplished painter, singer, author, and speaker. And she does these things not because God healed her, but yet because God gave her the strength to get through her situation, her pain and her fear in life. And she says this. This is a beautiful quote. Joni says, he has chosen not to heal me, but to hold me. I don't know where you're at, but maybe you needed to hear that today. God has chosen not to heal me, but to hold me. And the more intense the pain, the closer his embrace. See, the Apostle Paul says the same thing. He says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Why can Joni say this? Why can the Apostle Paul say what he says, when I am weak, then I am strong? Well, it's because they both understand God's strength in the midst of their pain and their fear. Think of a time where you couldn't get through. Think of a hard time in your life where you're like, I have no clue how I'm going to get through this. And now you're sitting here today on the other side of it, or maybe you're in the middle of it, but maybe you're on the other side and you think to yourself, how did I get through? And a lot of us will say the phrase, only by God's grace. I say that all the time. It's like, man, how, how did that happen? I have no clue. It was only by God's grace. Well, let's, let me tell you, that's exactly what God's strength is. By God's grace, he gives us the strength to get through our fearful, painful moments. We may not see it in the midst of it, but we do see it when we're on the other side. And so, we don't have to be afraid because first, God is with us. Also, if that's hard for you to to grasp on a daily basis, don't forget, he also strengthens us to get through. But then he goes a step further. Not only is he going to be with us and strengthen us, he also says, I will help you. I will help you. Well, how does he help us? It It keeps going. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Listen, God is reminding us in Israel 
that no matter their situation, whether it's fear, pain, worry, anxiety, God is the one that upholds us and helps us that we can hold on to this promise. But he also says those words. Can you put those back up there? He also says that one beautiful word, that victorious. So he says he's going to uphold us with his victorious right hand. You see, what God is doing here, he's saying, listen, you don't have to be afraid. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to strengthen you. But he also is offering us hope, hope of victory that we can hold on to, that we know if we just hold on to God's promise, it's going to lead to victory. We, we do this all the time in, in our lives. How many of you have been a bandwagon fan before? Do you know what that means? If you don't, it means that you like a certain team because they win. So you align yourself with this team because they're going to win. It's a bandwagon fan. None of us have done that with the Browns, okay? You see, why don't we do that with God more often? Why, when we're fearful or in pain or in suffering, why are we so prone to run away from God when he says, my victorious right hand is going to hold you up. My victory. And we obviously all understand that through Christ, we can experience that victory, right? Because when Jesus went to the cross and he was buried, three days later, he rose from the grave in victory over death, over sin, so that we may have life and life to the full. That's the hope that we get to hold on to. That's the promise we get to have faith in. And so we don't have to be afraid because God is with us. Because God's going to strengthen us. God's going to help us. And he's also going to uphold us and give us that hope of victory, which he does through Christ. And so listen, wherever you're at today, remember these words. God promises his presence in our pain. He is with you in your dark moments. He is with you in your fears. He is with you in your sorrows. And so I'll say it one last time. Do not be afraid. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy and this promise that we get to hold on to in our lives. And God, I pray that we would all leave here and, and memorize this verse or, or write it down and have it up all, always in our lives, that we can hold on to this promise, that, that when we do go through those hard times, which will come, God, that we will cling on to you just like you want us to, that we will run to you just like your children should, that we will have hope because hope never puts us to shame. God, we thank you for your glory and for your grace today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. We are going to continue this live teaching from here on out. And uh, again, thank you so much for your grace as we're figuring that everything out in the midst of COVID. Uh, obviously, we're going to be progressing um, each week. And so hopefully you'll come back next Sunday. And uh, we're going to dismiss just like we have done.